Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Chrissy Boyce. Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Uh, well, my name is Christy Boyce, and uh, in addition to being a wife and mother of two adult children and grandmother of two beautiful babies, uh, I am a life coach. My business is called Mind Clarity Coaching, and I help people clean up their heads, clean up that headspace the way you would clean up your house. <laughs> uh, I love that. Because the mind is a very special or very um, scary place to go by yourself. Yes, it is. And when you um, don't know what's going on, it can just run your life for you. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I do want to comment on how you introduced yourself as well. That you, in addition to I'm a mom and a wife and, and a grandma of two beautiful babies, like that a lot of times, not every single one of my guests, um, but a lot of the times my, my guests will say, well, this is what I do. And I, and I, and as you were saying that, I was like, I do ask, who are you and what do you do? So I thought that was a little bit, uh, interesting that, um, that it caught my, my attention today. Whereas in the, in, I, I know other people have, said both but it didn't catch my attention so that's what's on my mind today apparently <laughs> cool <laughs> so let's talk about cleaning up our mind I think that that's the super important thing in in parenting which is you know essentially the basis of the podcast is like in self-improvement and cleaning up your mind is is an aspect of self-improvement so Absolutely. tell us a little bit about how you um arrived in this field (laughs) (laughs) well um the thing that made me really want to be a life coach was um when I was introduced to life coaching myself when I was able to have a life coach and I spent my life devoting myself I was a single mom for a really long time um and so I worked a lot of hours to you know to make sure that they had everything that they needed and then I got married and my husband was in the military. Well, first we were, he was in college. And so I, I helped support him through college. And then we were in the military. So we were moving around. So I never really got the opportunity to go to school and get a degree. And, and, you know, when I did, I finally got to go to college. I was only able to do one year and then we started moving around and things just became a little bit overwhelming. And so I devoted my life to my family. And so when I saw life coaching, 
I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. I want to help people. And when I went to get my certification, the biggest thing I struggled with is, well, who's your client? Who do you, who do you want to coach? I was like, well, I want to coach everyone. I'm like, no, you need to be specific, you know? And so really what helped me was I have a very analytical brain. You know, when I worked jobs, I was very analytical and I always worked with numbers. And, um, and as an assistant, at one time I worked as an assistant, uh, they would ask me to create things like calculators in Excel spreadsheets and things like that. So I'd ask a lot of questions, you know, and I remember one time I had this boss and she, she was getting frustrated because I kept asking questions about this calculator she wanted. I finally just had to say, look, I'm not questioning your authority. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to gain clarity so that I can give you what you're asking for. And when, and when I'm clear on things, I feel like I can make things more efficient. Like I just feel so much more open and, you know, um, open to receive. Like I, when I have clarity, when I feel bogged down, when my brain just feels like, you know, I can't, I can't sleep because all I'm doing is thinking and the words in my head, the language, my, my brain is speaking is, is very negative. Um, I, I really struggle with things. So gaining clarity is a, an important thing for me. So I want to help those people out there who need that as well, who, when they have clarity in mind, they feel, you know, peace in their soul. So that's kind of. Yeah. And what's really interesting about that is, so you ask questions to get clarity, mm -hmm. right? And what's something that we all get shut down by when we're kids? Why? Why? Yeah. Like, because honestly, why? The 3,000th time that you've heard it is mm -hmm. super annoying. Like, we've all been through that stage. Some of our mm -hmm. listeners might still be in that stage, but we've all been through the stage. And I know I've brought this up before, but, um, you know, Coach Sean Smith said one time in a speaking training that I was part of, um, that the best coaches are three-year-olds because they never at, stop asking why. And my son was six at the time. And I was like, well, my son still asks why for everything. And his response like hit me to my core. He said, good. That means you haven't shut him down yet. Mm. And right. That was like, my body did that noise. Like it just, it was the yet of it. Like it's an inevitability that he, that the why will be shut down and not necessarily, I didn't take it as like, I'm going to be the one that does it. But, um, cause I don't remember specifically anybody telling me to stop saying, asking why or anything like that, but I did, I stopped asking why. And my son's 11 now. And he's encountered his first teacher who's been irritated by the question why. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about it several times. It involves why does he have to take off his hat? But we're going to, uh, I'm going to have a conversation with this. I'm pretty sure with Melanie about um, like, why do, is it important to take uh to take your hat off like why are these rules important so we're going to dissect that in a future podcast um y'all don't know who melanie is yet but you will <laughs> chris 
because he knows who Melanie is. But um, so did you not have the why shut down or oh, did you no, discover it? Shut down. Okay. I was, so um, my childhood, I don't, I don't have a lot of memories of the early parts of my childhood. My memories are more eighth grade on, um, but I have little blips of memories before that. And I do remember my mom and my grandfather saying her dad, children are to be seen, not heard. And, and when I'd ask why it is because I said so. And the one thing, and that was always very confusing to me, I wasn't clear. So I eventually just stopped talking and I went inward. And that, that was the beginning of my journey of self-suppression and isolation. And which is, if, if you knew, like if those of you out there like really knew me, you'd know that I'm such a people person, isolating myself almost killed me. Like it was just, it was not good. Um, but I did the same thing to my kids. Like all of these realizations that I I have, I've <laughs> I've gotten them recently. You know, as I'm coming out of the dark place, I'm I'm picking up on the lessons that I learned from them. And the the thing about saying because I said so, and not allowing your child to have a clear understanding as to why they can't do this thing or why they can't say this thing, it's like you're taking away their agency. Be then they become a robot. Then they're just doing it because they're told. And is that what the kind of adult you want them to be? Yeah. You know, yeah, I right see it there. in my, my adult. I'm sorry, what? Oh, go for it. No, I see it in my adult children in, in a lot of places. And think somehow I was blessed with having the relationship with my adult children. Like my daughter is 30 and, um, her and I have had some real big blowups, but we still talk. Like we're able to talk, really talk through the things that, you know, she's gone through. Or I see her going through or the things I see my son going through. And the one thing that I see them going through is allowing people to treat them badly. Mm. And it's probably because they don't feel like they can ask why, or they don't feel like they can gain, you know, they don't have the clarity of who they really are. Right. So, yeah. And, and I will tell you that, you know, if there's any part of you that's like, man, I wish I knew this stuff when they were younger so I could have taught them that. My biggest struggle <laughs> is teaching my son how to not be a blindly blind rule follower and get him to listen to me <laughs> to follow the rules. Because I was a blind rule follower. And like, there's the internal dialogue of what am I trying to teach my son right now and why is runs rampant like this situation with with the teacher like the teacher thought that the word why was disrespectful I'm assuming I didn't actually talk to the teacher. <laughs> uh, I got a little more information about why the teacher was frustrated by the hat specifically, but he was frustrated by the hat 
and took it out on the child who was asking an honest question because he'd never been told to take the hat off versus there were other kids that had been told all year long take your hat off in the classroom and they weren't listening mm-hmm. you know so like there's this frustration anyway like so when I'm when I'm teaching him stuff like you've got to listen to me because you can't constantly argue with your boss because you're going to get fired well I'm an entrepreneur do I want to be raising an entrepreneurial kid or do I want to be raising a good little employee so it's like it's so like oh shit I'm I'm literally oops I forgot I don't always cut off cuts on my podcast it's fine but I just <laughs> but I'm I'm literally I'm going through my my um mom guilt book right now because I'm gonna re-release it mm. and um probably by the time this is released it'll be released but I'm like going through it and um and now I forgot what I was going to mention about that. <laughs> oh, that you, you're, you're, I, I believe that we, our souls choose our parents and that means that our kids choose us. And part of those choices is that they choose us because of the lessons they're going to learn from us in what we do right. And in what we do wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and then with that information, I'm like, well, is this one of those things that I'm supposed to do right? Or one of those things I'm supposed to do, to do wrong? It's crazy making. <laughs> I completely get that. Um, I think the one thing that I wish I knew to teach my children, and, and it's, it, it's impossible because I didn't know it myself at all, was how to love myself. Mm. And how, because just knowing who you are as an innate person that way when when someone asks you a question you have an answer right Mm -hmm. like and you my actually my very first coaching experience which is really weird was long before I ever knew about actual coaching it was when I married my husband who is eight years younger than me by the way and when he came into, you know, I had two kids and they were, um, I think Victor was nine and Ashley maybe was 12 when we got married. And I remember when I would watch him be a disciplinarian, he would, he would ask him questions. I remember it was like, Ashley was going to her first, like it was a first like, you know, party for an eighth grader or ninth grader. I can't remember, but he was like, okay, so what are you going to do if someone offers you alcohol? And I just blew me away because no one ever asked me questions growing up. Nobody ever asked me for like, okay, what would I do? They just told me what to do, right? My teachers, because that's what they were taught. My, you know, relatives, friends, you know, no one ever tried to seek out what was in me. And so that's why I think of like with kids, you know, no matter what the lessons are going to get learned, right? Like they're going to learn something, whether it's positive or negative, but I feel like when you, going back to what you said, how do I teach them to be not a blind follower, but still listen to me? And I think it's ask questions. Yeah. Ask no, them, I, ask I, love, I love that. Like why, why would you know to ask questions 
when no one asked you questions and children are meant to be seen and not heard. So literally inside that statement, which I don't know a single person that hasn't heard that or felt it growing up from someone somewhere, you know, and, but like, what value could you possibly think that you have as a child and then like I don't know about you I'm 40 years old I don't feel like I'm an adult do you feel like an adult except for all the responsibility no take care of like no No one ever believes my age and I always tell them it's because I am so immature (laughs) (laughs) forget about how I look I'm just super immature you look young and beautiful and that's part of it but you know maybe because you still have the you know childlike glow too um but like I remember I've seen memes that are like that moment when you're looking around for the adult to come solve the problem and you realize that you're the adult it's like I have that on the daily like I went to a birthday party for one of Xander's friends and I was talking to the husband who was the dad of one of the kids that like I'm friends with the mom and I'd never even met the husband before and she wasn't there so I'm talking to him and they're older than me by you know five or ten years but I was like I was talking to him and it just hit me like we're peers we're equals there's a like but I'm looking at him like he's the dad you know Mm -hmm. it was it was this like I was today years old when I realized that I'm an adult (laughs) it was one of those moments you know like this is a huge problem kids are to be seen and not heard especially when it's coupled with we're not taught how to be individuals and how to discover ourselves and how to know what our identity is and trust themselves and trust themselves. Like this is a conversation that I've been having on Facebook and it actually kind of scared me. One of the responses that I got to one of my posts was like, she said, everybody is making it so complicated, which I agree with. We are making it complicated. And like she said, you're born you're born male or female and that's part of your identity and then you're a kid and then you're a toddler and then you're a a teen and then you're an adult and I'm like oh but I had an identity that I was a wife and a good mom because I was a wife and we were a family and then when I was no longer a wife anymore I lost the identity, my whole world was wrapped up in, I'm a wife and a mom and a good mom, not just a mom. I was a good mom. And once I was not a wife, I was no longer a good mom. And so now I'm not either of those things. I don't know who I am. I lost all of the things that were attached to those things. So when we're not taught to like value ourselves, trust ourselves, figure out who we are, none of that's valued then we put our value into external things right and the first question that came to my mind when I heard the you know we're making this too complicated is this 
are we really making it complicated or are we starting to understand and accept the complication? That it is complicated. It is complicated. Yeah. You know, and by, by closing your eyes and burying your head in the sand and pretending it's not complicated and just putting a bandaid over all these things, that doesn't help. It, it certainly doesn't help your children to become big adults. Like, I think the thing is, is you have a lot of, and this is me. I was the kid who had kids. I was the kid that didn't know how to be a parent having children. So I was the emotionally immature adult raising children. And that can create all kinds of issues on their own. And I couldn't have those big conversations with them back then because I didn't know. You know, I didn't know, you know, so I love that what you're doing, having this like being able to say, yeah, I was I was so imperfect as a parent. And being able to learn from someone else's experience. I was always one who I would always ask questions, super inquisitive. And the trust issue, I remember I was a dental assistant when my kids were little. And we had this 18-year-old guy come in to do our sterilization. And I remember his name was Nathan and he was in a band. And he came from, you know, a family and he was just real good. Just, just you know, when you think of 18 year old in a band, you're thinking you know, drugs and all this stuff. No, this guy was, I mean, their band was, I think a little bit more Christian based, but um, he was just, he, he wasn't the kind that wanted to do that stuff. And I remember asking him because I knew my kids were going to be teenagers soon. And I was like, what did your, what did your parents do to, you know, how they're, how are they raising you to make it so you're not doing drugs and drinking? Cause he didn't drink or do drugs or anything like that. And his answer was, you know, I don't know. He goes, they've just always had a lot of trust in, in me and my brothers. Mm. And that, that made, that was kind of impactful, you know, being able to be trusted at a young age and, th and then learning how to trust yourself at a young age. Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. It's like, right. <laughs> like it's foreign, but I, I feel like you know, it was something you said that made me think of that. Oh, when you realize that you're the adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why, why would you feel like an adult if you don't trust yourself? Right. And your decisions. And, and we have all this evidence that we collect in our lives that prove that we can't trust our decisions. Yeah. You know, whether it's we get with an abusive partner, we walk out on a job or we do something to get fired on a job we do the wrong thing as a parent like we collect that information in our head that's a part of the you know the mind clutter that I like to help clear out of people is mm. this evidence that okay yeah this thing happened we experienced it but that's not who we are you know so I hope that didn't spider web off into <laughs> so no, I my whole po podcast is spider webbing off thoughts <laughs> it's how my brain works. So it's just like squirrel. Um, I know I love that because, um, I love it for, for many reasons. And I had a different, I had another thought, um, that's gone now. Uh, it might come back. Um, speaking of squirrel, you know, um, I do, you and I went to our coaching training together recently in, in a couple months ago. And one of the exercises, um, now I don't remember if it was in the pre-course, I think it was in the pre-course and in the five-day course, 
but he says, you know, you get to open up your inner child and just unleash the why. Was that like exciting to you at that point where it was like you got permission or had you already gone through the permission to ask why at that point? No, I didn't understand. It was so foreign to me that when he said that, I, I don't, it, it wasn't like, oh, I find, I get, I get to ask why, because I think it was at the beginning because in the beginning I was so locked down with what people told me I couldn't do. And so he's now giving me permission to do this, but I was so saturated. It was such a habit that I couldn't ask why I couldn't ask questions that it was, I mean, it affects my coaching business. I mean, all coaching is, is asking questions, right? But when you don't feel like you can ask a question, how are you supposed to be successful at this? Right. Yeah. Um, but, and then when he said the inner child, I didn't understand that either. I was like, what the heck is that? Like, I mean, I'd heard of an inner child before, by the end of it, I obviously, I was like, Oh, yeehaw. And that's all my brain has been doing lately is asking questions to myself. Right. It's like bringing stuff up and asking questions like, oh, what do I learn from this? Why, do, why am I holding on to this? Why did I grab that? And, and why, you know, why, why did I build this filter because of it? You know, um, again, spider web, squirrel. Yeah, by the end of it, now I'm in this like, oh my God, I can, I can totally ask my questions and I get to find out who I am, which is amazing. I can't even imagine where I would be if I was able to do this as a child. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want so much to keep having this conversation and I have a hard stop. So I have to ask oh. you, uh, what piece of advice <laughs> do you want to give to moms? Um, I would tell them to be compassionate with themselves mm. and to practice self-care because you know Lisa Nichols is is my mentor um and she says give from your overflow you know when your cup is overflowing that's when you can give and that's when you're when you give it's it's that quality versus quantity thing take care of yourself and have compassion because no parent is perfect no matter how good you are as a parent you mess your kids up somehow you're gonna have issues somehow like they'll hold on to it somehow because they're looking at it through their filters, right? So yeah, compassion. Yeah, I had a thought about that, right? That like when we come into our bodies, you know, they're depending on what you believe spiritually, but um, an, uh, an idea that I would love to, I'm talking to the um, listeners, but an idea I'd love to plant <laughs> is that we are unlimited beings in a body. And so if you are an unlimited being in a body, like, or you're an unlimited being, and then you're shoved into this body, <laughs> like <clears throat> this body that doesn't do, it doesn't do anything by itself. It's completely dependent on the humans that are taking care of it for years and our higher self that was shoved into this body we know what we need or it knows what it needs to properly be taken care of but somewhere along the way like the body doesn't know 
and or there's a disconnection between our higher selves and and our physical selves and so we don't know how to ask or when we do ask it's shut down it's not given and so like I'm literally just like talking out loud some of the thoughts that I've had like of course our human parents who long since forgot that we're unlimited beings don't know how to properly care for us and give us all the things that we need and teach us all the things that we need because they weren't given those things that they needed and so on and so forth. And I've said this, I think on the podcast before that like, we're just imperfect humans who were raised by imperfect humans who are now raising imperfect humans. And that's where the compassion comes in. I love that. Yeah. That got deep. I go deep. So tell me a book. Tell me a book. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's right in, but it's The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz. He's the author of The Four Agreements. And um, this book has gotten me, it's gotten my husband, it's gotten my daughter through some pretty dark times. And it just teaches you all about love and, and how to love yourself too, especially. So, yeah. great. I love that. Hopefully it's not like step, step one, do this. Step two, do it's this. Not. And it's, so, it's such a quick read and so, well, for me it is, you know, I'm not, and I'm just not a reader. If things have to really grab hold of me to make me finish a whole book, <laughs> but it did. Speaking of not a quick reader, I have to give a shout out to Xander because uh, today's the last day of school and that's why I have a hard stop because I have to pick him up. Mm. But um, I, if our conversation feels incomplete, I'll just have you come back and we'll do another one. You know, <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed this. I couldn't believe that much time had passed already. That's I know, crazy. right? It, it like literally it flew by. I was like, did I, I thought that, okay. I know we oh, had a lot of technical yes. difficulties, but <laughs> thank you, Zoom. Um, <laughs> but shout out to my kid who read not only all seven Harry Potter books this year, but he also read, I think, five um, Jackson, Percy Jackson books and the bridge to terabithia which he hated um <laughs> but Xander, uh, geez how old is he he's 11 the, i mean let me i love his teacher literally loved her like she's the cutest thing it's her first year as a teacher and her goal was for the class to read eight thousand books I'm exaggerating. I don't know what the goal was, but it felt like we had to read 8,000 books, but that's 14 books I counted last night. And here's the really big shout out. Like there was a Harry Potter reading club and they wow. didn't finish the books. They didn't, they, they started before him and he finished before they did. And I was like, and like, I'm going to have to remind him, you know how you said you were a slow reader? You're not a slow reader. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's amazing. 
So as a reward for finishing all seven books, we bought him the Elder Wand from, from Harry Potter for anybody who's a fan. And it actually sh like shoots sparks. It's amazing. And I show we showed it to my mom who's read Harry Potter 87 times. And my mom in her genius said, oh, did you get your uh, Hogwarts letter? And I'm like, missed opportunity. <laughs> Have you taken him to um, Universal Studios yet? Pretty sure we're going to have to do that. Um. Oh, we went. I've got the wand. They've got wands that do actual magic throughout the Harry Potter land. Gosh, and that was my favorite ride by far. Yeah. No, we're so, going to. And I was like, he's 11. We're like, this is such an, a missed opportunity. Like he could have done. He could. I could have sent him the Hogwarts letter. I'm not creative. I, I am creative. I'm not creative that way. Um, but I had to give him a shout out. He was also, uh, he scored the highest in science in the school. And mm. I was a little confused because he also <laughs> said that, not confused that he was top in science because he's been studying science since he was, could watch YouTube, honestly, <laughs> slash pick his own videos. Um, but they he said that they don't teach science and i'm like what do you mean you don't what i don't but they're testing you on it so how could they not teach you and he goes no it's just like common sense questions on science like they don't science anymore i he says they don't teach science oh, okay. i'm gonna have to verify that with his teacher <laughs> <laughs> i don't know my kids are so so old i haven't had kids in school for ever <laughs> i can't imagine that they stopped any of the stems right science what's the t what's the e wait I those are stems. see i don't even know about that i i mean is oh. it trigonometry or <laughs> well Elements? it's like stem is the is math and science and reading and something like oh I should know because my kids know. currently I didn't in finish school. school, so I don't know. I, I'm an expert at um, resiliency and and perseverance, Ooh. and that's my life. <laughs> Make up your own STEM for and yes. and uh, and resiliency needs to be one of them, but that's not even one of the letters of STEM. The only reason I know about STEM is because. Um, on TikTok in China, where TikTok is originated, they only let their videos be STEM videos, um, which is science and math and educate. Like, I don't know what ETE is. I feel like I need to, since we're talking about it, I need to Google it. Um, but uh, they, they only allow um, those types of videos. And they only allow like two hours a day or 45 minutes a day. It's something really small. Um, and science, technology, engineering, and math are what they only allow on TikTok in China, 45 minutes or less wow. and under a certain age. Yeah. And um, all the kids in China want to be stem related professions mm -hmm. all the kids in the u.s 
they want to be influencers. Mm. This is so so this, is a, this, is, this is scary if you want to be conspiracy theory, theorist <laughs> <laughs> of like, think about, just think about two, three generations of kids who only want to be influencers. Yeah. Yeah. I won't go, I won't go political. <laughs> We don't have time for that. (laughs) I know, right? Like, uh, I could go down the conspiracy theory. uh, I could talk to you forever about it. (laughs) What's that? I said I could talk to you forever. (laughs) You know, not not necessarily about conspiracy theories, but just um, in general, just in general, like the ideas of where the world's going, and you know, yeah. Well, that's because I love you. I love talking to you every time we have a conversation. um, I feel like my face hurts because I smile (laughs) so much, and you make me happy to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you asked me to be a part of this. Absolutely. So where can our listeners find you? I don't want people to be able to find you. Um, Well, they can, uh, if they're interested in life coaching, can schedule a free clarity call of just going to um, mindclaritycoaching.com. And uh, yeah, I'm working on my website right now. It's, it's still up, but you know, if you see something that doesn't look right, it's because I'm, I'm working on it. (laughs) bare bones is better than no bones right yes and the scheduling works (laughs) I know that for sure (laughs) like on it that part the most important right (laughs) all right well thank you again so much for a lovely conversation and um the food for thoughts for me are my favorite so um I I loved dissecting this with you and and um you know you're always welcome back on the podcast so anytime anytime thank you So there will be another episode of Imperfect Momming for you all next week. And until then, keep healing. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S.com. See you next time.